With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. Well, uh, again, I, I uh, love making these campfires. You know I had two cords of, of pine wood delivered to my backyard uh, just this morning, actually, at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I've, I've learned the kinds of wood that burn hot and burn bright. And uh, pine is the way to go. Um, and that's how I want us to be. I want us to be like a wildfire of pine trees consumed by the love of God spreading all across this nation. I understand that all the co collective brilliance of men and women in our country cannot solve the economic, political, moral, and spiritual problems that we're facing. Our children are depending upon us as the family of faith to follow the mandates of heaven, which will result in the God of heaven inserting himself into what's going on in our world and bring about blessing and redemption and restoration and freedom. So um, I want to talk with you today about, about something that I was reading in the American Covenant uh, this book that we've gone over throughout the year, and it still just continues to speak to me with truth and wisdom and, and, and give me such hope and su such, such positive, magnificent optimism about where we're headed in our country and where we're headed as the family of faith. As I've talked with people over this last week, I've, I, I find that there's different groups of people. You tell me if you resonate with this. There's those who are just worried sick. They're just completely filled with anxiety and they're crying in their Chick-fil-A soup, wondering, oh, what are we going to do? And they're just waiting to get Star Trekked out of here. They're waiting to get beamed up in the rapture and just vacate, just like get the heck out of Dodge before the whole thing goes down. I don't find those people to be all that helpful. Then there's those people who are like, I like it. I get fired up when I see tyranny coming. Let's just shine up the, the shotguns and the ARs in 1776, this thing right now. Well, I don't find that very helpful because 1776 was characterized by bloodshed. And that kind of mentality is a very last resort that we should not aspire to. Revival is a much better option than 1776. And we have the recipe for revival found in God's word. And we have it uh, as documented by our founders when they told us how to maintain liberty in our country. We've got other groups of people as well. Um, people who have are hanging on to this hope that our former president is still somehow our president and the military is really in control and some kind of kraken is going to be released and some kind of evidence is going to 
is going to be broadcast across the media airwaves and it's going to miraculously just fall back into the hands of the good guys. And all of this just makes me come back to what are the tried and true strategies? Where should our hope be anchored? Historically, biblically. Where should we put our trust? And I'll tell you where our trust should be built. It should be built on the foundation that if God's people, that's you and me, the family of faith, will humble ourselves and pray and seek God and turn from our wicked ways, not put our hope in this political leader or in some sort of evidence that judges are going to recognize and and all sorts of, 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 of wild outlandish plans are going to come into place. No. If you and I as the family of faith will trust and depend and rely upon God to interpose himself into the affairs of this country, and you and I are seeking after righteousness and willing to sacrifice and suffer on behalf of others to bring about heaven on earth, that God will fight on our behalf. That's the message of history. That is what has worked in the past to bring about great awakenings, and I think it's what will work in our day today. My money's on, on that plan. Not on crying in despair. Not on pulling out the art- artillery. It's not by might, not by p- power, but by my spirit working in the hearts of my people, says the Lord. My paraphrase. Well, I, I cracked open the American Covenant book today, and I want to talk with you about uh, what I think will give you great hope and something critical for us today. What can we do? I'm looking at chapter 5. This is uh, page 107 in the American Covenant book, and it is uh, called God's World Changers. Let me ask you a question. When you look at your friends or your family sitting in your church where you attend, do you look at people and say, wow, those are world changers? Or are they pew potatoes who are looking for others to tell them what to do? Are these people transforming society? Or are they just waiting for things to get back to normal so that they can watch their Netflix show eat their Chick-fil-A sandwich and basically live a life that's sort of on a bed of roses. Well, I want you to know that in the Bible, Scripture sees church-going people, members of the family of faith, as much more than just Mamsy pamsy milk toast church potatoes that are raising their hands and like bobbleheads bobble, bobbling their head at the preacher's words. Scripture sees members of the family of faith as nothing less than society transforming world changers. Why? 
because a power has been unleashed from heaven into their hearts. It's transformed their mind by the word of God. And there's a nuclear power plant that is generating resurrection power in their heart, flowing through their veins to every cell of their body. And that power is designed to subdue evil, promote peace, and bring heaven to earth. That's what the Word of God teaches. Nothing less than that. And so that makes me question, is that who I am? Is that what I'm doing? I mean, if I was taken out and eliminated from the family of faith, would the plan of bringing heaven to earth suffer anything? If you ceased being a person of faith, if you walked away from God's family, would we even notice the difference? We should, because God's invested gifts and talents into you, and he's called you to a sacred purpose, and he's working through you if you're all in, just like he worked through Moses and David and Abraham and Jesus and Paul and the pilgrims and our founders. You're important, you count, you matter, and so do I. I want to describe for you what this self-governing member of the family of faith is really like. And when I say self-governing, this is really important. A true Christian, a true follower of Jesus is self-governing. And when I say the term self-governing, it's a little strange sounding, I know, but I want to remind you of this. When we think of government, who do we think of? We think of the president. We think of Congress. We think of the Supreme Court. We think of a governor. We think of, of these political rulers. We think of them out there. And, and, and we, particularly as the family of faith, have sort of seen politics as dirty and secular and uh, outside of what we need to be doing as the people of the kingdom of heaven, not so much the kingdom of earth. And so we see government as them and what they are doing. And so when I say self-government, what does that mean? Well, oh, it means I'm not going to, I'm going to govern myself. But it's important to understand that the humanistic version of self-government is, well, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go rogue and do whatever I want. It's the power to just be me and set my own standard and march to the beat of my own drum. Well, if everybody does that, that's what happens when you get into every man doing what's right in his own eyes. And in the Old Testament, the Bible, we see that that leads to anarchy, right? Can you imagine if everyone just said, I am my own judge, I am my own ruler, I'm going to do whatever I want. And I'm not bowing down to any moral standard of the government or of God. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. 
And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Nobody wants to live in that kind of a society. That's not true self-government. True self-government, according to our founders in chapter 5 of World Changers of the American Covenant, and according to our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, if you understand the character of those men and those women, you find that true self-government can only be grasped and understood when you understand that these are people who govern themselves and are willing to be governed voluntarily by the mandates of heaven found in scripture. You see, when I say, yes, I will love God with all of my heart. Yes, I will love my neighbor as myself. I'm willingly, voluntarily submitting to the laws of God and the moral standards of heaven. That's true self-government. You see, heaven's government, God's government, is internal. Man's government, void of God, pushing God out of government, is external. That's when you get the kind of oppressive mandates and dictates and edicts and laws that manifest in a bully government that forces you to do stuff against your will. And it never leads to liberty. It always leads to bondage. It always leads to the loss of freedom. Heaven's government is internal and it gives you a love for God and for his ways, resulting in members of the family of faith who are truly self-governing which is always in accordance with God's word, God's laws, heaven's mandates. But self-government, that is, I'm going to do, I'm going to govern myself, that ignores or defies God's laws, always ends up with no liberty, always ends up in bondage, both internally, bondage of the heart, and externally, bondage of government. That's what you see in these other communist nations. Why? Because the people have not formed a government that is based on the mandates of heaven. And even those who are democracies, if they don't submit themselves voluntarily to God's liberating laws of heaven, they end up winding, winding up being in, in bondage in their heart. Whatever you practice, you will become a slave to. And so if you practice selfishness, if you practice just fulfilling the lusts of your flesh, you will become 
in bondage to alcohol and drugs and substance. You will become enslaved to greed and sin and lust. And people who are personally in bondage to that will become those who occupy places of power in your government and then they will enslave you. Look what's happening in Australia right now. Look at the socialism, communism, and bullying governments that you see in other nations around the world that allow no personal freedom to worship God, to conduct your business and enjoy the benefits of your labor, to educate your children in the way that you know that they should go. In the book of John, in the Bible, he says, everyone who practices sin becomes a slave to sin. If I practice drinking, I'll become an alcoholic. If I practice drugs, I will become enslaved to substance. But if I practice love and kindness and faithfulness, gentleness and mercy, by submitting myself to the mandates of heaven, I will become liberated in my heart to do what is right. And I don't need the police to arrest me and throw me in prison to, in order to do what's right. I'll do it on my own. And in fact, when I do that and then you do that and our children begin to catch this fire of revival internally, loving the ways of God and submitting to the mandates of heaven and that begins to spread at the local level, grassroots. You know what? You and I cannot control what happens in Washington, D.C. We can vote. We can have some influence. But when evil is is proliferating, the best strategy is for you and I to go local, to be at the grassroots, in my home, in my heart, in my community. And if community by community, home by home, county by county, we will humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways and seek God, we can begin to have real and lasting change in our nation. And when God sees that, I believe that he responds by subduing evil and our enemies, both foreign and domestic. And he can do what only he can do as he sees us do what he has called us and he has empowered us to do and we are submitting ourselves to do. Does that make sense? So it's a combination of what we do and what heaven does. It's, 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 it's described in scripture like planting a seed. You and I cannot make that seed produce a tree that bears fruit. I can't make a seed turn into an apple tree or a plum tree. That's, that's designed and inherent in the seed I can water the seed, I can plant the seed, but God causes the increase and the harvest and the growth. So I've got to do my part and I trust God to do his part that I cannot do. And the same way in our nation and for our children, let's you and I govern ourselves according to the mandates of heaven, according to the moral standards of God. Let's turn from our wicked ways and trust in God to do the miracle that he has done over and over and over throughout history 
on behalf of the family of faith. And he can cause <coughs> people who hate God and take advantage of people to fall into the pits that they have dug for others. And he will cause the world to come crashing down on their heads for the sake of providing peace and safety for those who love the Lord. This is where my confidence comes from. This is where my joy comes from. It's not in the performance of other people. It's not in <clears throat> the performance of our government leaders. It's not even in my own performance. It's in the power of God working through the hearts of his people to produce faithfulness so that you and I can stand in the evil day, loving one another, trusting God and honoring him through the things that we do. It's only when the sun sets us free that we are free indeed. It's not when anyone else tells us we're free. It's when God sets us free in our hearts. And then people with freed hearts begin to free their communities and their nation and the world. That's always how it's been done. And it never fails when God's people get serious about loving him and loving one another. That's what I wanted to share with you tonight. So God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.